This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. the truck it welcome to your nooner with dooner on a very what the truck halloween and i just saw a camel smiling at me we're gonna get to him in a minute welcome everybody it's halloween season it's spooky season we're gonna have a lot of fun on the show today but i got some news to kick us off with and it's actually good news this time on a monday it's usually bad our six-week national nightmare is over cnbc reports the united auto workers union and general motors have agreed to a deal They'll put an end to collective bargaining talks between the union and Detroit automakers following more than six weeks of these targeted U.S. labor strikes. That's what a source told CNBC. Bloomberg had the story this morning. GM is the final automaker to reach a deal with the union following historically contentious talks. Tens of thousands of workers across the country went on strike. Now they're back at it after that September 14th deadline. What's interesting, too, is I remember at the start of this strike, I said hey, a big issue here were the inventory levels. Those are still really high. Now they're back out of it. A lot of issues in EV. Next time Alan Adler's home, we'll go deeper. Little shout out to my kids, by the way. Big victory. Big Halloween tournament out here in Chattanooga. Right there, that's the Rivermont Braves. Little cowbell for all you kids out there. These eight and nine-year-olds, they had to play five games. One of them went to extra innings. On Saturday, they killed it. My kid got beaten four times. They took home the trophy. They got screwed in one game, but it was double elimination. They took the last two and took it home. My youngest, six-year-old Sebastian, he also won his first game of the season at that tournament. They got knocked out afterwards, but hey, that's the storybook. We got uh, something here to show you, too. Who ships the most pumpkins? This is an infographic on FreightWaves.com. China is the pumpkin king. They're the jack skeleton, moving them all. China produces over 9 million tons per year of pumpkins. India comes in second. Where's USA? Ukraine's on third. Doesn't even say the U.S. has its personal pumpkin capital, Morton, Illinois. Mexico grows 679,000 pumpkins every year. In 2021, Indiana grew 10.8% of all the U.S. pumpkins. Largest pumpkin shipments, they come out of Mexico to U.S., Spain to France, Spain to U.K., the U.S. to Canada. And according to Thomas Nett, this year for Halloween, 68% of you will hand out candy 53% will decorate your homes or yards or offices or trucks. We'll look at some of those today. You got any of them? 50% will dress in costume. Hopefully more than that on the show today. 48% will have pumpkins. And 32% will attend a Halloween party. But the New York Post reports you're going to spend more for it. Candy inflation is up 13% this year. That's more than double digits. That's after a 6% increase last year. It's all compounding. There's uh, sugar shortages, cocoa shortages, plus retailers screwing you all. There was random lady, Jessica Withers, she tells the AP, she says uh, she usually buys plenty of candy for trick-or-treaters. This year, she's getting one bag, then she's turning her lights out. Now to the Duner House. We got an awesome show today. We're celebrating Halloween with some amazing guests. We got the smartest mascot in the world is Campbell University, Sal Mercagliano. He also crushes it with his channel, What the Ship. We are going to talk about the scariest threats in shipping, piracy, boat collisions, perhaps uh, World War shipping. Who knows what we'll get into with Sal. Then we got Please Advice Summit 3. We got Reed Loosed a lot, Charles Gracie, Justin Martin, and the Rust Belt Kid. They're here to uh, talk about. We're breaking down the best and worst of the season. We'll look at office parties, costumes, truck decorations, Halloween logistics, supply chain issues, consumer spending, and more. I gotta talk a little slower in this mask, man. It's hard to breathe in here. Looking for a new adventure? Take the next step on your career journey with AIT Worldwide Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions backed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push the supply chain envelope, your next adventure is waiting. Visit the career section at AIT 
worldwide.com to apply and learn more. But right now, the king of the humps, how are you doing, Sal? I am doing fine. How are you doing today, Dooner? You sound and you look great. You know, I, uh, one of the worst I things... I try to can... look good as best I can. I tell you what, it's hard to be this good looking all the time. Well, it's a, I think you're doing, I mean, for the, the visual listeners here, you're doing them a, a great, great service here with that mask. We've been asking for it for years. I got to say, the one thing that sucks about Halloween, though, is like masks always look great, but it's a real pain to actually be wearing them. Oh, yeah, it is. It's, it, it's horrific and everything. It's nice and hot. And I am not sure who wore this mask last, but it, 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 it's not a great smell. It's not a great smell. Camels aren't known for their great smell to begin with. And this camel is living up to its reputation. Now, your masketeer, right? They have to wear this during games outside. They have to be out in the elements in these things. Oh, yeah. We actually have two mascots. We have Gaylord here, which is the male uh, mascot. And then we have a female, Gladys, is the female one. So we have two. Wow. Do you know how long that particular costume has been in service? Uh, I don't know about this one in particular. Uh, we've had the, uh, the the camel mascot for a long time, and there have been different iterations of it. But this is the most recent one. I'm just I'm always shocked at the fact that I was able to get a head uh, get the head of Gaylord sent over to my office. That shows you the type of power I have here at Campbell University. They're not easy to get. You know, in Chattanooga, there was a big issue a couple of years ago. Someone stole the Wally costume, the Wally the mascot costume, and they threw it in a ditch. Man, that would be terrible for it to happen. I'm glad it doesn't happen here. Now, you have, a, you, have a, you have an amazing, amazing background. People have met you on the show. They've seen you on Freightways Now. They've obviously seen you on your channel, What's Going On With Shipping, which has just exploded in the past year. You've done such an amazing job. But i got to ask you a question. Who's harder to teach, the students at Campbell or bridge personnel on a ship? Oh, well, that's, that's always a tough challenge right there. Uh, obviously, mariners want to learn. They want to be able to understand what's happening around them. But sometimes it's just a challenge. It's a challenge all the time to get through to students and to professionals. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've been very lucky in that I've been able to reach out and touch people in a way I never thought possible on a topic like global shipping. I mean, who would have thought anybody would be interested in a YouTube channel that talks about global shipping run by a professional that wears this? I mean, I'd be in. I'm, I'm a subscriber. I was a subscriber before you got the. You're in like the hundreds of thousands of subscribers now, Sal. Just uh, just went over 143,000 uh, subscribers, 21 and a half million views. Well, this is an amazing new job. Maybe you'll be out of the university symbol su system soon because you're the Mr. Beast of supply chain on YouTube. But let's go back in time real quick. What was harder work, being a guest lecturer on a cruise line or a second mate? Oh, I, I think uh, being a guest lecturer is great. That was one of my funnest jobs I've ever had. I've had the opportunity to do that a few times. And to me, that was great. I just got to hang around with the passengers, talk about lectures that I would normally give in the classroom, jazz it up for them. Uh, that was a great job. Second mate was, a, was always a challenge because that put me in a leadership role. I actually had to not just run my watch, but the other two bridge watches. I was in charge of the entire bridge crew. I was the navigator for a vessel. And so there was a lot of responsibility. And, you know, usually you're pretty young when you get that job. I was a grand total of, I think, about 23, 24 years old. So a lot of responsibility for a young person. But it was a great, challenging job. I love that job. You ever been disciplined at sea? I was talking to uh, some of you Navy guys recently, and they were telling me about the bread and water program. Well, I never get put on bread and water. I have been yelled at before for not doing what I was supposed to do and really just to make sure that uh, my watch was doing what they were supposed to do. So, you know, ship's masters have a lot of responsibility. Obviously, a ship, you know, the ultimate responsibility is the master. And they, they entrust you as the mate on watch for the ship's operation for eight hours out of the day. They have to trust you. And they expect you to perform at a certain level. And if you don't perform at that level, then you're going to hear it from them. Now, Sal, let's get into something scary. Let's talk about pirates. Neither of you are dressed as one. If John showed up or, or a Huntsman did, I'm sure they would have been. But something that's going on in the water, marine traffic, they said piracy is on the rise. I was looking at some data about piracy, and I was curious about something. How much does the global economy play into this? Because if you look at piracy statistics, they were huge in 08, 09, 2010, 2011, and then 2012 onward, they were, they've been dying down, and now this year they're back on the rise again. 
Well, if you look at piracy, especially, for example, the Somali piracy, that's the piracy that most people associate with. Uh, that was a piracy that was due to really two things. Number one, you had a lot of ships that were coming down the Red Sea, out of the Suez Canal, out to the region off Somalia. You got to remember, Somalia was a failed country. There was no government there. And so ships were illegally dumping uh, fuel and oil and waste in that water, and they were killing off the fishing stocks. At the same time, you had nations come in and deplete the fishing stocks. So Somalia, which is a country that derives its wealth from the sea, all of a sudden lost that wealth. And you had a batch of people who had boats and had weapons and didn't know how to make a living, and they turned toward piracy. And that is a historic element of piracy. If you can't make your life on land, you make it on the sea. Where we're seeing piracy today take place is in places like the Straits of Malacca and off the coast of Singapore, where pirates are boarding ships and stealing what they can from the ship itself. Usually they're robbing the crew. In the case of West Africa, you're actually seeing the stealing of vessels so that they can steal the cargo. And in some cases, they're killing the crew. So new types of piracy are out there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What is going on with the Singapore Strait? That's been up 25% rise in recorded incidents in their waters from the same period in the previous year. Well, the Singapore Straits is a, is a tough one because it is a batch of countries all come together. There's Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. There's a lot of international waterways that go in there. So the question is, who should be policing those waterways? It's a jurisdiction issue. And the uh, pirates are hitting fast and getting off the vessels. They're evading into other nations' uh, territorial waters so that if you're Singapore, you can't chase them into Indonesian waters or Malaysian waters. Uh, the pirates are smart. They use the advantage of jurisdiction to be able to hit and raid uh, ships. And it's one of the most densely trafficked areas on the planet. When you look at marine traffic and the amount of ships coming through there, it is insane. So what's the cause of this, and, and how do we prevent some of this piracy that's happening? Well, piracy, the root of piracy is on land. It always is. Uh, something drives somebody to go into a boat to go rob somebody. And so a lot of it is really fixing what is going on systematically on land. And that has a lot to do with uh, you know inadequate and, and inappropriate uh, levels of wealth. Uh, people are suffering, whereas other people are making a lot of money. And the problem with shipping is you see right off your coast the vast wealth of the world sailing right past you. And you think, why am I not being, why can't I take advantage of that? Why is it that ship is sailing past me, bringing all the goods in the world to Europe and America and all these other societies, and yet I'm sitting here and barely making do? And that's where piracy really kicks off. So is this only going to get worse as conflict in the world gets worse, as the economy gets worse? We're going to get into some deeper topics in a minute here, but uh, is this an uptrend where you think we'll see for a while? Oh, I think we're going to see piracy uh, peak and trough. It always does. Uh, it really depends on the level of control in certain areas. And obviously, when you have a dense amount of traffic coming through the Straits of Malacca and the Singapore Straits, and you have countries that don't always see eye to eye, you're having confrontations in the South China Sea, you're seeing a lot of disputes in that area, you're going to see piracy really rear its head back up. And it really is a question of whether or not these nations and other nations want to patrol to suppress it. Unfortunately, most piracy is like a gnat on the back of a camel. It, it, it's, it's not going to bother them. You know, it's one little gnat and you take care of it and you're off and running. It just doesn't matter. Sal, you said something really interesting. I was watching what's going on with shipping last night. I was going through some of the back catalog, giving you some likes on there. And on your latest video, you said nobody cares about ocean shipping unless there is a disaster. We have one of those that we're going to get into in a minute. But before we do, let's get into something in ocean shipping that you think is underreported. What should we be talking about more that's not a collision, that's not someone stuck in the Suez Canal, that's not even piracy, that we're not thinking enough about right now that's crucial? 
Well, I, I think the big underlying issue right now, and it's something that you all talk about on Freight Waves a lot, and that is getting people interested in the industry. Uh, we're seeing shortages of mariners and people who want to work in wanting to work in the industry. Sorry, a little camel problem here. Oh, I understand. <laughs> we, uh, we, we see these issues with people not wanting to work. Uh, a lot of ships, a lot of crews are sailing under undermanned at this point. And it's, it's a big problem. How do you draw people into a life at sea? You know, it, it seemed like a lot of fun. It seems romantic. You're going to go travel from place to place. But in truth, you're spending a lot of time out in the ocean. You're disconnected. Not a lot of ships have internet connection. So you're completely cut off from your world. Uh, the pay isn't always the greatest unless you're sailing on a fairly, you know, Western nation, a U.S., a Japanese, a European flag vessel. Uh, so one of the big problems we're going to have is how do we entice more people to go into this job? One of the things that COVID did was really displace a lot of workers who were involved in it. They couldn't get returned back to their, their homes, and they were stuck on ships for six, eight, 12 months at a time. And not a lot of people are going to want to take that job in the future. And so we have to begin a process where we're enticing people to want to take that job. Because if we don't have the mariners, if we don't have the 1.6 million mariners out there, then the global supply chain comes to a crashing halt. So how are we, how are we recruiting mariners? How are people being brought into the industry? Like when I was in Massachusetts, I knew a number of guys who went to Mass Maritime Academy. Right. So, I mean, in the United States, we have a great uh, kind of pipeline for mariners. You know, I, I, I highlighted a video from a buddy of mine, Joe Frana, who went to the SIU, the, the Seafarers International Union, uh, and, and he basically became a deck crewman. And I highlighted him. He just got over 100,000 hits on his YouTube channel. And, you know, he took the road of being an unlicensed, a deckhand. Uh, but we have the state academies. We got Massachusetts, Maine, New York, California, Texas, the Great Lakes. We got the federal academy at Kings Point. We are producing licensed merchant mariners more than what we need. The problem we have is a lack of jobs. And we also need to entice this out to younger people to want to do this. And, you know, our problem is is too many. They're not staying in the sailing career. They're not advancing in the ranks because there's not enough jobs out there for them because the U.S. Merchant Marine is really small. We're like 19th in terms of overall size in the world. So we need to get more jobs out there for them. Offshore wind, the coastal industry, there's a lot of opportunities out there that we don't talk about that needs to be developed. But right now, what young people see is they go to the uh, schools like Mass Maritime, but they get jobs ashore. The engineers go work in power plants. They go work for engineering firms. The uh, deck license guys go work for businesses. They do supply chain. They do corporate. They're not going out to sea and because the jobs just aren't there for them. It's, it sounds a little like trucking and over the road. Is it, a, is it a generational thing, too? There's a lot of drivers who want to be closer to home. They want a different quality of life than that over-the-road life. And if you think about seafaring, I mean, you could be away for months on calls. It's definitely a generational thing. I think one of the problems you have is, like, for example, Maersk Lines just announced they're going to be putting Starlink on their vessels so that you'll have internet connections when you're at sea. This is something that could be done a long time ago. We just haven't done it. We saw a, an accident at sea not too long ago, a few years ago, a ship called the Wakashio that went aground in Mariches in the Indian Ocean. And the reason it grounded is because the crew wanted to get close to the island to get cell phone coverage, because this is during the height of COVID. And so, you know, we just have to do more to improve the life for mariners on board. But even when you have a mariner come into a country, sometimes they're not allowed to get off the ship. I mean, on the dock, they can't get off because of restrictions. So we have to do more to improve it. We need to up their level as essential workers. But again, one of the reasons I started my channel is because the only time we talk about ships is when there's an accident or there's a disaster of some kind. And I wanted to talk about it more and put context to it so everybody knows what role merchant mariners do. Because again, this is a serious su subject coming from a camel. It's an absolutely serious subject. And we're about to get into one that's even more serious. We mentioned collisions. There's a big one you are covering on your channel. German authorities say there's no hope for four missing sailors in this big North Sea collision between two boats. You've been on, on top of this. You can tell the story better than I can. What happened out in the North Sea last week? 
So in the North Sea, you had two vessels, a small coastal vessel called the Verity, which was a British flag vessel carrying iron from Germany up to Great Britain. And then you had this large bulk vessel that was carrying grain coming out of Germany, heading to Spain. And, you know, the world's oceans are extremely crowded. Just go to marine traffic or any of the AIS reporters, and you'll see how densely packed the ocean is. And the North Sea is one of the worst. There's a lot of traffic coming in. And, you know, we take for granted moving on a highway, coming to an intersection, a four, you know, four stop line intersection, and you're able to progress through that. Well, in the ocean, we have those out there, but there are no stoplights. And you can't stop vessels because of the inertia of a vessel. And what we saw here was a crowded intersection of vessels. In this case, there were two vessels, the Verity and the Palessi, but there were three other ones close by. And under the rules of the road, there's a lot of open interpretation. The, uh, you know, the rules of the road are designed for two vessels, but when you have five vessels, it changes the rules and it's not really written. And a lot of times mariners come within hair's breadth of each other having accidents. We forget how close these accidents occur. And when I posted my first video and I just followed it up with a second video, I highlighted the fact that I got a lot of responses from people, both positive and negative, saying, you shouldn't talk about this. This is an accident. There are, there are, there are deaths involved. And my retort to that always is if we can learn something from this accident that could prevent a future accident, we should talk about it now because it's going to take over a year for the investigation to be done. And by that point, we've forgotten about that and we've moved on to something else. And there are a lot of people on YouTube that cover, you know, trucks and rail and, and aviation, but not a lot of maritime accidents. And I think it's really important because it highlights the danger that these mariners face on a daily basis to get our goods to the shelves so that you can buy them. But at the same time, it highlights the fact that we're advanced. We have satellite tracking of vessels. We can replay it through AIS on marine traffic, but accidents still happen. There's still the human element involved here. Yeah, it's interesting you say that people gave you blowback on it. I mean, what are you supposed to say? It was two ships passing in the night? They, they didn't. I mean, they collapsed. They crashed into each other. This is a newsworthy story. Four people's lives were lost in a situation like this. So like, what, what are ships supposed to do when they're passing, and what didn't they do here? So in this case, the two ships were coming at each other at basically at right angles. And the way the rules are written, the ship to the right of the, of the, 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 the ship on the right is supposed to be the one that holds its core. So ships have lights on them. They have a red and green light. You have a red light on the left side, a green light on the, on the right side. And so if you see a ship's red light, that's supposed to tell you that that ship is the give, that's the ship that has the right of way. And so the Verity, which was this very small little coastal vessel, it's less than 300 feet in length, should have turned to avoid it. The problem you had with the Verity and the problem you have with lots of ships is the Verity had a crew of seven on board. They had just finished loading in Germany. So there's no telling how much of the crew was probably on deck on the bridge. There may have been one or two people up there. And, you know, they follow a kind of program path, you know, where we're, we're talking about a, you know, autonomous trucking and cars. Well, a lot of ships are autonomous. You put it on autopilot, you follow a track, and that's what the vessel does. And it, it's not clear. We won't know until the investigation is done. And I mentioned this, you know, did the ships know each other? Did they see each other? Was there communication? What was the situation on the bridge of these two vessels? Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, what happened is the ships continued to get closer and closer to each other. They were on a constant bearing, a decreasing range. And unfortunately, both vessels maneuvered. And when both vessels maneuvered, they made the situation worse. They actually tried to avoid each other. And in trying to avoid each other, the first time they turned again and they turned into each other. And the Palessi wound up ramming the Verity, basically running it down. The, the positive thing of the situation was the Palessi and a cruise ship that was nearby, the Iona, all stopped, conducted a massive rescue operation. There were, there were other vessels that came in. They did a search, but unfortunately, uh, only two crew members were recovered alive. One crew member was recovered in the water, but he did not survive by the crew of the Iona, and four others were lost. Oh, tough situation, tough situation. Are we seeing more collisions? Like, is, is there an issue on the water? Did COVID cause her to be less mariners or something? Or was that not the case here? 
No, I, I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen is if you look at reports done by groups like Allianz that looks at fires and, and situations on vessels, uh, we're much safer today than we have ever been in the past. But again, we now have the technology to see this in a way that most people don't. You know, a lot of my viewers are professional mariners. I get a lot of comments from those who are out there and they appreciate that I'm out there talking about this. But the, the large majority of people who watch my channel are people who don't know that much about shipping. And, and that's my point is I wanna really make it accessible to them. And unfortunately what happens is a lot of people in industries have a hard time talking to people who's not in their industry. They use acronyms, they use terms. They're not very good educators. I'm fortunate, I'm a college professor. I actually help with the broadcasts of sporting events at my university. I do the color commentary for my college's lacrosse team. So I got really good at kind of being able to take a lot of information, boil it down into small minute packages and put it out there. And that's what I try to do, because I think a lot of people want to know about shipping. The problem is shipping has been removed from the mainstream. Ships don't dock in downtown and offload anymore. They're out in ports and terminals. About the only time anybody ever sees ships is if they go out on a boat themselves, fishing or offshore, or they go on a cruise ship. Nobody sees what happens on cargo ships. And one of the things that I've been hopping on a lot recently is the number of car fires on board car carriers. That's been a big issue, especially with the death of two Newark firefighters over this last summer. Yeah, we got into that when you were talking about how all the different cars are lashed in there when they're the fires. Now it can be such an issue to firefight those. There are more fires going on in the world, though. I guess my last question for you is on the global scale. There's obviously the conflict in Israel versus Hamas, Palestine. You got that going. You got Ukraine, Russia. You got these dark oil vessels going back and forth. You have uh, China reacting to some of the moves we were doing. We got Taiwan. There's a lot going on here. How much risk is going on in the global supply chain right now? Well, I think you just saw there was a video I did where I talked about the fact that the Maritime Administration just issued an advisory for the Red Sea, but that's in conjunction with two other advisories. We have advisories for the Black Sea because of Russia, Ukraine. We have an advisory for the Persian Gulf and the Straits of Hormuz. And now we have an advisory for the Eastern Med, the Suez Canal, and the Bab el-Mandab, which is the area just at the end of the Red Sea between Yemen and Djibouti. And if you look at those three areas, you know, we, we call that area the Middle East. We should just call it the middle because it's the middle of Europe, Asia, and Africa. It's the intersection of those three areas. And those areas are the most essential trade routes. And we refer to them as maritime choke points because if you pinch those choke points, you can effectively stymie trade. We saw that with Evergiven. My channel got started because of Evergiven going sideways in the Suez. And I talked about, you know, ever given it started as what's going on in the Suez and it's now morphed into what's going on with shipping. And but if you shut the Suez Canal, if you shut the Bab el Mandab, if you shut the Straits of Hormuz or the Turkish Straits, you are going to start throttling global trade. And I think one of the things that happened during 2020 and 2021, and it built with the ships off LA and Long Beach, is how much global trade can be impacted by these events and how a seemingly innocuous event taking place halfway around the world can impact our global supply chain. You know, the problem is we have a global supply chain. We don't have a global supply web. A web is great. You, you cut one strand of a web, the web is still strong. You cut one link of a chain, you break it. And that's what we tend to have. And I think we need to raise more attention to it. And I try to do it on the global shipping side. So how do we even get into, like, is it even possible to get into a war with China? Wouldn't it completely collapse our economy? We're so import-based. Well, that's true of a lot of economies. I mean, there's always, you know, there's this theory that, you know, two countries that have a McDonald's can't go to war because they're trading too much. Well, McDonald's is in China. It's in the United States. Uh, the problem you have is when it's in the material interest of a country, especially a country like China, that is right now that we're seeing and, you know, our buddy Ross uh, Kennedy talks about this a lot. They're stockpiling uh, natural resources. They're building up redundant supply lines. And what we're seeing right now in Russia and Ukraine, and there's a lot of focus on the battlefront of Russia, Ukraine, and the use of drones. But in truth, the big thing is going to be watching the economics of Russia, Ukraine. Ukraine's economy dropped 30% last year. I mean, it's a 30% drop in GDP. 
How long can a nation sustain that? And the question is, if you get into war with China, it's not going to be just the military, it's the economics. And if the economic, you know, which country can last longer cut off from trade than the other? The, the problem we have is, is, you know, we both have two kind of elderly male guys who run us, Joe Biden and Chairman Xi. But Chairman Xi's power is unchecked. President Biden's power is checked. He has Congress. He's got all these methods in place. He can't just do what he wants unilaterally, but she can. And what we're finding out from Vladimir Putin is what happens when an elderly kind of, uh, you know, uh, autocrat uh, wants to do something, there's not a lot to stop them from doing it. So there's a lot of reasons why China would never invade Taiwan, but there's always that untold variable that is Chairman Xi or the next guy that comes up and wants to do it before they pass away and leave a mark on their uh, country. Uh, Sal, a little cowbell for you for talking about shipping at a high level with a camel mask, or should I call you Gaylord, with a camel mask on. It has been fantastic. I go and knock on Gaylord the camel's door tomorrow. I'm a kid. What are you giving out for, for Halloween? Oh, well, unfortunately, I got to be traveling. Me and uh, my buddy John Conrad are going to be heading uh, down to beautiful Orlando, Florida. We're on a panel talking about the Merchant Marine uh, at the uh, National Defense Transportation Association meeting. Uh, but usually by me, I'm out in the middle of the country. I don't have a lot of people come by uh, out in my house there. So it's usually just a couple of family members uh, and, and family members of my wife. So we put together some little bags for them. So we'll be giving uh, a lot of treats to our nieces and nephews. Okay, well, don't even bother stopping at Sal's house this year. He's not there. But in the meantime, people want to learn more about shipping. They want that accessible thing. They want to talk to the Mr. Beast of ocean supply chain. Where do I send them to? Well, you can send them over to YouTube and what's going on with shipping. They can head over to Twitter, at Mercogliano S. And most importantly of all, you can go follow Campbell University and the Fighting Camels Roll Humps. Fighting camels, roll humps. Here's a little for you. I'll give you a little, little, little gong, too. There you go. All right, go breathe well. I know how challenging it can be in one of these masks. I only got a half hour left. All right, let's hit the band here. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics has been recognized as a top performer by Cranes, Forbes, Inbound Logistics, Transport Topics, and yes, even Freight Waves? They're on our Freight Tech 100 list. Boost your job satisfaction, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities. One of the fastest growing organizations in the industry. Visit the career section at AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Meanwhile. Hi, everybody. Charles Gracie has just appeared out of the uh, fog behind us, the, the, the ether. This is uh, a <laughs> big jewel smoker behind us. They need to switch this in. What's happening, Gracie? I'm good. How you doing, man? We're doing good. We got some awesome guests with us today. Should we start uh, introducing some of them? I think we should. Do you know these guys? Do you recognize them in costume? Well, what? one guy looks like one of those people that would die in a Scream movie. Reed looks... Uh, Reed, let's bring them up. Reed, are, are you a, uh, a pilot today? I'm not a pilot, no. I am uh, Prince Charming. Prince Charming, okay. I, I, you know, it's hard to see from where we're, where, did he look like Prince Charming to you? It, it's hard to see through the fog. But it's hard to see, I'm through, I'm sure it's hard there. To see through the fog. But we'll, we'll take, you thought it was Sergeant Pepper. Russ Bell, kid, we haven't met you before on this show. Tell everyone where you're, where you're from, what you're here for, what your name is. Yeah, calling in from Northern Michigan, uh, our manufacturing facility here. We make uh, rebar. I'm the shipping manager, and uh, happy to be here with you guys. I'm happy to have you. By the way, I saw on your on your X feed you got snowed in today. Oh yeah, we got a lot of snow. It's still coming down. We got about four to five inches so far. I love it. I love the accent too. It's very very up there. And uh, and now we got a. Uh, is this who are you? Are you Michael Bolton? Oh Thor. <laughs> That's why I always have to have my hammer with me. It, it, it's, it's, Justin, it's Justin Martin as Thor. Well, Thor, I'm going to give you the hard question first. All right, Gracie, you listen to everyone listen, because I'm going to ask you all this one before we get into Halloween BS. Should Flexport buy Convoy? Hmm. Uh, sure, why not? Someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I see you've thought long and hard on this answer story. You went all the way to Asgard and back to bring that out of your Asgard. Let's talk to uh, Reed. Reed, what do you think? You probably have a stronger opinion on this. 
Uh, I mean, if they get if they get it for the right price, it might be worth it. I don't know what their plan is re- with regard to like domestic brokerage. I know the last guy they just booted. I think that was one of his kind of missions was was more on the domestic side. So if that's still something they're interested in, then it might it might make sense. I mean, they were known for good tech. Drivers liked, from what I hear, drivers liked it. So it might be worth it if they get it at the right price for sure. You know, I used to work for forwarders, and I used to work in operations and sales, and our biggest weakness was always because we, fought, we focused on boxes, we focused on compliance, we focused on duty drawback, things like that. The weakness was always in domestic freight. Two of them had previously owned trucking companies and sold them, so I can kind of understand why Ryan's looking at a company like Convoy and saying, hey, maybe this beefs up our stack. You think it's a good move? Mm-hmm. I can't get any worse than where they're currently at. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they need to do something. They need a lifeline here. Uh, Rust Belt, were you surprised to see Ryan Peterson? He's on X all the time. Jump into this conversation. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. It seems like, given their own turmoil, they still have some of their own things to figure out. Bringing on a big asset like that right now, that's two pretty big irons in the fire. It seems a little bit risky to me. It could. It could. I think it's exciting, though. It could, and it makes it easier to cover because it combines, like, two big stories that we usually have to segment out. <laughs> so now I get to put it into... Uh, into what? Now, today, I'm not dressed like, you know, I, I was kind of going for double broker. Remember that double broker costume, Reed? But then I put this hat on, I'm like, the hair kind of looks like Reed's. So I'm not sure if I'm like, if I'm you or if I'm a double broker today. But doesn't it, it kind of matches his hair a little bit today. I was confused when I saw the side-by-side. You, yes, it was. The comparison <laughs> yeah, was tight. It was good. It was good. It was a good side-by-side. I'll admit that. <laughs> what is the, have any of you ever had to, like, fight to book a load or to get someone to take a load? All right, Reed, yes. what's the, what is the, what's the, what have you done? What is the furthest you've gone to book a load? Uh, I've, in the past, I had, like, carriers that I would move around, like, pretty dedicated. And there were times where I would, like, pay coworkers to, like, let me book a load because I, like, had a guy who was stuck and I needed to get him somewhere. And so I've done that. Um, I've given people, I, I don't even know, like, I bought people lunch. Like, I've done a lot of things. Nothing too crazy, though. Nothing, like, out there. You Nothing sang, I'm going to say here, at least. You ever sang Hotel California as, as this TQL rep did? Roll the tape. No. No, I have not. But I've seen this video. It's good. All right, let's, let's hear it. You want this load taken to California? You got to sing Hotel California, TQL. All right, all right. All right, let's do it. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. A dark desert highway, cold wind in my hair, warm smell colitas, rising up through the air. Up in the distance, I saw a shimmer in the light. How, how, how are we going? Five you gotta get, at least get to the like middle part, you know? I stopped for the night. I couldn't. I don't only know the chorus. I can't remember all the words. This guy deserves a raise. <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, this could be heaven, this could be hell. Then she lit up a candle, and she showed me the way. <laughs> Dude, if this guy didn't take it the load from this dude, that's a problem. I know, I mean, come on, give him a chance. Welcome to Hotel California. All right, let's uh, let's gong this guy off the stage. He did a he did a good enough job, but this guy, so this guy on LinkedIn, John Fontana, we said, as funny as this may seem, try that on someone with some experience or some pride. Would have been my yeah. fir- would have been on my DNU, never load DND, no load zone, f around and find out list. I don't deal with this kind of stuff. Sorry, not sorry. Rust Bell kid, too harsh. Would you have given TQL the load here? Yeah, I think uh, I've had my experiences with TQL, but if, if someone got on the phone and sang for me, I think I'd have to give it to them. Yeah. Is, Justin, is there a song that would you would like automatically book someone with? <laughs> Hotel California would be a good one. Not so much. It doesn't really matter so much the song. The fact that he was like actually building it out in the office. It wasn't like you know covering up the phone to you know hide <laughs> the embarrassment from his coworkers. Like he was he was giving it all his all. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, maybe that's that pride thing he was talking about that goes on at mm-hmm. the Well, I'm not sure. Darren Chamley says it's five. It's if it's a five thirty fallout on a Friday, I will sing your ass Adele's whole catalog for sure. If you get me out of that mess, a hundred percent. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, if dude, that's a problem. Actually, Charles, you haven't you haven't 
I won't, I won't speak over you. You go. Sorry. What do you got? <laughs> you, you know, uh, I would give it to him. I think anyone that would go out there like that and put themselves out there deserves the load. I, I'd probably put him on my uh, top 10 list going forward. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing a Halloween costume on What the Truck, so I imagine that your sort of like risk and pride tolerance to singing songs like this is yeah, pretty low. I'm a recruiter by trade, man. Pride got checked at the door. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you got any recruiting horror stories? Did anyone has anyone like ever not shut up, showed up? Like, do you have a good story behind that? Uh, like most often, they don't show up. <laughs> no, but do you have a good story behind someone not showing up? <laughs> how, how often do they not show up? Uh, it's a big problem in today's world. Uh, I mean, hell, last week we had a driver that canceled orientation, saying his mom got eaten up by ants. What, what do you did you that like wait, like at a picnic like fire ants or something or or you got the driver whose parents or brother has died multiple times and at that point you shouldn't be a driver you should be applying for sainthood yeah lost a lot of family out there in the recruiting game <laughs> i think the ant guy excuse though at least it seems uh like who would make that up it was the most original one and i mean i just had a talk with my team today you almost have to buy into it because if you don't and they were telling the truth then in the next life, I'm going to be burning in the lowest ring of hell. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All Hope, right so hopefully so. there's no ants there. <laughs> Roosevelt, you ever have people not show up at the rebar place? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like this morning, guys were snowed in, so you hop in a work truck and you go pick them up at their house and you bring them in. You got to make your shift no matter what. We got we got bar to make. The, the lady who started next to me, two people were hired, me and this other lady at FedEx Trade Networks, and uh, we both went to lunch, and I was the only one who came back. We never swore, like, maybe she'll be back on Monday. And then that was just like a running joke. Every Monday we'd be like, maybe she'll be back on Monday. She never showed up. They're going to stop sending people to lunch with you. She didn't go to lunch with me. I, I Actually, one time after lunch, I left the company. They took us out for, like, it was very sort of, like, frog legs and, and, like, fish eyes and stuff like that. And they were very forceful about having to eat it. And I was like, I don't know if I'm just going to work out here. That didn't work out. So, guys, it's Halloween, Halloween time. Some Halloween parties can be completely cringe. Some can be great. We're going to be looking at a lot of what goes on around the supply chain. But before we jump into it, Reed, you ever have like a, you, you get into the Halloween parties? You seem like you, you told me you used to think a lot of things were cringe. And this year, you had a big breakthrough and you kind of got over that. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. I mean, if you're going to try to do, if you're going to make a splash, you're going to have to be cringe. You're going to have to walk that line. So, um, I, I honestly thought that Sal's camel head was a rock-solid costume. Uh, I, hopefully, he's got the camel suit to match. Um, I, I'm, I'm all in on Halloween now. I got a daughter now, and I feel like she's going to like Halloween, so I, I, I got to match her energy. Well, perfect segue. I love that you mentioned daughters. Here's a girl at an office. Here's our first Halloween costume. It's a girl dressed as a semi-truck. Let's take a look and rate this costume. In girl world, Halloween is the one night a year when a girl can dress like a total and no other girls can Whoa. say anything about it. The hardcore oh, girls just wear lingerie and some form of animal groups. Doesn't she look great, honey? <laughs> <sighs> That's pretty good. Interesting. It's a wheel and everything. I'm a wow. How many years until this is your life, Reed? Uh, not many. It might already be my life. <laughs> uh i don't know man like that's a good costume though props to her like i i didn't spend that my wife bought me this like i didn't spend any time on this <laughs> <laughs> no that well but you look you look dashing and i figured for formal wear a wife i got gloves on Rustbelt, i think she did a nice job you know she said a lot of girls they, they dress up as like a sexy vampire or a sexy this or a sexy that but she was just like a regular semi yeah, and she didn't even do the Euro stock photo truck. She went with the American oh. style truck. Really got to <laughs> give her a few bonus points for that. Um, yeah, I give her about a 9 out of 10. It could use a little bit more detail. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Super Truck? Are you going to be as harsh on Is she the kind of girl you would talk to at the office Halloween party? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I wanted, I did uh, Boximus Prime years ago, so I, I, I definitely Ooh. like feel that energy. Ooh, two two semis passing in the night. <laughs> you, you're, you're like you're you're not alone. You like that one? Yeah, yeah. It, I like the energy. I think we need to have more fun about it. We all got kids here. How about the kid version of this? Someone in a logistics office made this outfit for their child. Got a couple boxes here. He's got the stacks on the side. Put some lights on it. That's a nice uh, little upgrade. It's all coming together chromed it out little foil are you handy are you handy gracie <laughs> yeah i made some of the stuff in my front yard you did yeah 
great stuff, spray paint, and some dollar store bones you can do a lot of stuff with. <laughs> What's up, Super Truck? Are you build Sully one of those? What's going on here? No, he's actually been really uncooperative with Halloween this year. We've we've had like three different costumes we've tried on him. He just refuses to wear them. So I think we're going to trick him into wearing his. He has like a pair of pajamas that look like a doctor's costume. So he's just going to be a doctor for Halloween. He's going to be a doctor for Halloween? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Let's see what's going on at this warehouse. we got a logistics warehouse who submitted a clip. Let's see how they're doing. You want to play psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? <laughs> okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. Rush Belt. That's a pretty Is that good what you're like tomorrow? Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to do Halloween, but I want to know how many trucks were waiting outside to get unloaded, wondering what's taking them so long. Oh, Super Trucker, how pissed would you be if you went up to get loaded and Freddy Krueger can't do it because he's wearing a Freddy glove? Uh, I'd be pretty, I'd be pretty livid. Yeah. What's your take on this? Should Halloween costumes inhibit your productivity while you're at work? No, they definitely shouldn't inhibit. And uh, being on the receiving side of that, I couldn't imagine that being a viable excuse, although they do it every day with no excuse. So at least I had one. (laughs) (laughs) At at least that's a believable excuse. You know, oh, I couldn't get unloaded. I can't pick up your load because I'm I'm stuck at the receiver and Freddy Krueger won't unload my truck. I don't load the trailer. My office we, manager like, wanted to make a TikTok. Party, that's the, yeah, if we, if we as the driver can participate in the party, that's a whole different thing. But if I'm sitting in the truck and they're in there having fun, you know, they, yeah, I'm, I'm, stepping, I'm making phone calls. You and the driver can't even use the bathroom there. And this, you want to participate in the party? I'm, you guys are so wrong. It happens in the truck. Look at this guy's truck. We got uh, another guy decorated. Look out here. Oh, that's oh my God. <laughs> not very safe. <laughs> Venom does. You ever see? If you've ever seen the uh, Spider-Man '90s cartoon? Um, I I gotta say, Justin, though, it, it, unsafe. Like I'm in this thing right now. I've got no peripheral vision. Yeah. I, like I can barely see Gracie. <laughs> you can see. Yeah, I'm really glad. It, it looks. It looks like he's driving somewhere out west. Doesn't look like there's much to hit. I can't imagine like driving through the city and something like that. There's a guy on Instagram that um, drives around like a pickup truck as Michael Myers. He's a, he's a really fun follow. Um, but yeah, driving a semi like with a mask like that, that's 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 not the safest. Reed, do you remember the like the clown mania that was going on in 2016? I remember my kids' school sent home like a notice and. Because, like, some dad dressed like a clown. He was, like, following one of the school buses or something. Like, he got in on the TikTok trend, and it, like, freaked out everybody. Yeah, clowns are clowns are terrifying. I don't think you'll ever catch me dressing as a clown, I'll be honest. All right, so, Rust Belt, what are we saying? Foul on a mask, driving a truck, not good? Yeah, probably not good. If you can't see the guy next to you driving down the interstate, 80,000 pounds... I respect the effort, but yeah, probably not the safest thing in the world. Let's take a look on the outside of the truck. Maybe that's a better place to go with these de- with these decorations. This person put like little children's bloody hands all over the hood of his truck. <laughs> Gracie, this looks like the front of your house. You, you got to be on board here. <laughs> I, I'm totally on board here. I, I, like I said, I like the energy. I like try- people trying to make trucking fun and get the youth into it, so... Well, yeah, I think they had the youth put fake blood on their hands to get the uh, the <laughs> paw prints on there to give this a little bit of a uh, some more gravitas. I, I like it. I, I like that one where you see Chucky swinging on the lines in the back. Well, how about this one? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Chuck, like, did you deck Did you decorate your truck at all when when it was Halloween time, or you didn't you didn't care? Yeah, the the, the first time I ever went to Quebec, I had these like gummy rubber bloody handprints on my windshield, and uh, the security guard border crossings were like the hell is that but like in real thick french accents i guess they didn't have a sense of humor or celebrate halloween up there but they were uh, they weren't too happy about my decorations oh <laughs> stop that border for uh <laughs> grotesque halloween decorations how about we dunk on some brokers let's dunk on some of these logistics offices or, or praise them let's see how they're doing how about megacorp logistics this is megacorp logistics halloween um get up that's solid. <laughs> what a great name, too. Megacorp. I know it sounds like something from a Pixar movie. Or like the evil company from a DreamWorks movie. Yeah. Forest, nice. Wow, these guys went all out. Holy cow. 
Their offices look pretty nice, too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, that's I've never seen this this many costumes in an office before. Yeah, usually I they're kind of half parties with fewer costumes. It's either one of those really cool places to work, or it was mandated. Yeah. Oh, like a costume <laughs> mandated for social media, like tick, like some yeah, idiot yeah. like Justin that is makes more sense. going into Slack and hitting all, and he's like, "Y'all gotta wear your costumes and be in the courtyard." <laughs> for the show exactly. <laughs> what about traffic be what about traffic tech we got it we got a few of these here let's take a look at traffic tech their office looks nice too by the way it's a little upsetting nobody's been a gong yet i well I, you know yeah. i'm trying to make that wearable for f3 but it's not easy a functioning one's I not know. easy no i I'd probably not that or the uh tin is in is a good is a good second option yeah what would, like, your actual zin be that people would, like, if they pulled the lid off, like, what would you hand people? Oh, Marshall. Zin? Oh, just zin. You would hand just, like, miniature yeah, zin. Yeah, just hand them zin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Six, six milligram wintergreen, probably. You know, Megacorp Logistics, they had these nuts. I'm going to say that uh, Traffic Tech, you did an okay job, but you're not even close to Megacorp. Megacorp's still on top of the, the offices so far. Would you guys agree? Hands down. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What about M? What about these guys? These are MLTIL Logistics. They are overseas, or yeah, I'm sorry, in uh, South America. You can tell too; they've got a little more style than us here. Yeah, these are just like boxes that they found and painted up. Well, I mean, they got. They like I think they're supposed to be Mario, Mario Karts. Kart. They're like yeah, dancing yeah. Mario Karts. I see. I see. Yeah. That makes more I sense. I think it'd be funny if someone would have dropped a banana and then the guy behind him slipped. <laughs> the guy behind him slipped on the banana, like broken arm and all. All right, how about it's for logistics? These guys did. Uh, these guys did some work. What are they? Cheeseheads over here? What is that? Look at tacos. Seventies. A lot of seventies in logistics. What was that? A furry? Yeah, fellow Fat Thor. <laughs> fat Thor. <laughs> that was Thor. That was like Thor. <laughs> oh wow look at this office though whoa that is nice it's gotta be a pain seems like kind of a that. kind of a pain what to decorate all that and then clean it yeah <laughs> well did, did they remove the tiles earlier or were they just always missing <laughs> Well, I don't know. So far, I'm giving costumes to Megacorp, but I'm giving, like, actual, like, decorated office to, uh, who are these guys? This was, it's for logistics. Yeah, yeah, they were a good one. This is J.F. Moran. I actually wore uh, one of these last year, the dinosaur. It's, it's awful in there, the inflatables. It's so hot, and it gets, like, all the condensation from your breathing constantly accumulates on the screen in front of your face. I was here for that. I was dying for the whole thing because it looked like it was raining inside the suit. <laughs> you were out. I collapsed after the show. I could barely breathe. That was all right. I like the, I like those costumes that are like looks like a, a guy's like carrying you around. You know, oh, it's like, like oh, yeah, the same... carrying you around. Yeah, I like those ones. I I, I kind of want to get one of those. I saved this one for last because I, they're going to be tough to beat. This one, this is the Carrier Hawk team. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I kiss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first. I mean, that's a pretty, at least right. team costume. That's got to be up there. Hopefully yeah, that yeah, was a random ironic person. That using, <laughs> ironic that they're using uh, Talladega Nights, even though it's like a, it's a European car. Yeah. Well, maybe it was a maybe it was their social media or their uh, graphic designer who you know puts the European trucks on there. I'm not saying that these guys do it. Carrier Hawk, I I don't know. Free, <laughs> do they? You would know by now. You probably would have memed it. Uh, I don't even hear. I didn't even hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, none of these guys went too hard. But is this going too hard? Look at this Halloween decoration these people put on their house right here. Oh my god, that gosh. is so cool. I that is. I saw that video. That guy needed a sign up front saying, look, everything's okay. Nobody's screaming. Like, that is amazing. I mean, it would definitely freak like, people out. Like, Gracie, you went with, like, horror movie characters you could recognize it's Halloween, but what about something like that? 
Yeah, I saw this online, and it's awesome. Uh, I agree with Justin, though, probably after all the cops have shown up over time, probably a little disclaimer sign somewhere large in the lo- yard and well lit. The house, house is not on fire. I don't know, Rust Belt. Do you think that should be legal? you think you should be able to uh, make your house look like it's on fire? Yes. Ah, uh, legal? Sure, why not? It's it's fun. It, no. uh, you got to give them a lot of points for creativity, but... Yeah, I think there's probably more than one 911 phone call, I would imagine. Probably. Well, what about this one? This one actually did get 911 phone calls. This was a man in Dallas, Texas. He created a Halloween yard display so horrifying that passersby called police several times. They thought there was dead, decapitated people with their entrails in a wheelbarrow and blood. Like all, They just thought like war went down right in front of this house. Bragging oh, rights right there. Yeah. That, 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 that is, that's too far. That's too far for me. That's gross. I'd be like, damn, I don't, I, I don't really like this guy. I thought I, I mean, it props up to him though. Fog bubbler, and then this guy blew me out of the water. Props to him. <laughs> <laughs> that looks horrible. How? What have you guys been to the Lagos, Las Vegas sphere yet? This four hundred fifty thousand dollars put an advertisement on there. You think someone went too far with this one? I actually think this is really cool. No, I'm constantly blown away by all the dumb videos that they're doing on this thing. It is amazing. What do you think? I like it. They're getting their money worth, it. and it's become the must-see thing now in Vegas. All right. Well, Halloween's come. Gracie, people come by your house, man. We'll talk a little bit about Halloween logistics. Before we do, what are people going to get at your house? Uh, we're doing hot dog bar, a chili bar. We got a 190-inch projection screen, streaming horror movies on there, and then uh, just hanging out. Do you know that this year, 13% of accessories were sent two months early due to, uh, I'm not sure, what would that even be due to? We're not like stuck in the supply chain crisis. People just trying to get, maybe because freight's been so cheap, people just calling stuff in earlier. What do you think, Justin? Yeah, and a lot of it's like still backlog from uh, you know previous year's backlogs. Uh, what was it, those giant uh, skeletons that Home Depot was trying to sell? You know, I think it was like spring last year, they had like this big fire sale on them and it's because they'd been sitting in a warehouse because they missed the boat last year. <laughs> They say that hello, clown costumes are up 43% year over year this year. Mm. Well, you know, we were talking about that clown craze earlier. That actually killed off Ronald McDonald. They don't, McDonald's doesn't use Ronald McDonald anymore because of that clown scare from a few years back. Ooh, look, Kathleen Kennedy, she's not just killing like the Star Wars franchise and the Disney Channel she's, or Disney+. Plus. Uh, products linked to Marvel and Star Wars franchises are down 35% and 55% respectively this year. People are over it. Nobody nobody cares about superheroes anymore, I guess. Well, they force-fed it to us for so long. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cool when what, I went what? there and I saw the killer clowns from outer space. I was like, oh, nice. What's like, like the costume this year? What is Who's, the costume? What's the, number one, what's the number one costume this year? Do you, are you looking at that? Yeah, no, they say Barbie. Barbie's really big. But the problem yeah, is they yeah. – the problem is a lot of people have pink. Like, girls will do Barbie, but they're not going to buy, like, the Spirit Halloween Barbie costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can be Barbie with whatever you've got. Let's take a look, by the way. This is, this is actually how a warehouse runs around Halloween time. This is, Halloween, this is from HalloweenCostumes.com. This is their logistics manager. How we organize our whole warehouse to make it most efficient to pick? Let me explain. So today, this bin location is a Cobra Kai costume. Tomorrow, it might be something completely different. The way the system works is we look at all the orders that are coming into the system and try to get it out onto the floor to pick and make it most efficient. So if you order a Darth Vader costume and a Karate Kid, we want you to come down this aisle to pick because it'll be the most efficient. Uh, If you're ordering a Cobra Kai costume and a Little Mermaid, maybe it's in a different aisle. Uh, That way our employees walk the least amount. Uh, We can get the orders out the most efficiently so we can get it to you the next day if you need to. The logistics of Halloween have to be crazy, too, because you're talking about, like, so many different seasonal products. And you, you look at, mm-hmm. I mean, next year, I hope to get Spirit Halloween on just to talk about how they do that entire pop-up operation. It's absolutely insane. But this year, for example, spending on Halloween candy is going to be up 16%. It blows away last year's number. It's going to be up by, uh, should hit a whopping $3.6 billion in candy. Big jump. But a lot of that is driven by the fact that candy is up like 12.3% from last year. Here's the most popular candy. Reed, what are you, what are you giving away and what do you want to get on Halloween? 
Uh, I'm a Reese's guy. Uh, I would love to get Reese's. I like Kit Kat bars. Uh, although uh, Charles's uh, chili sounds pretty good too. You should put a iPad out with the freight gong on it and let just and people ring, like ring the gong, take a piece of candy. Not only will it shoot your numbers like up as well, like it'll introduce the youth to the gong. That's that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I should be doing that. Rose Belt, you got a plan? Um, no, we're gonna take my daughter out. Um, maybe someone in my neighborhood will have a gong. I think kids would be fired up off that. Reed, you should pursue that idea. Pursue, and if they can't come to F3, there'll be a gong there and a freight gong. What do you got at your house, Super Trucker? I like uh, Snickers. Hopefully, uh, we get some kids this year. It was pretty dead from what I heard. But... What about you, Gracie? Uh, we're doing Moon Pies and Reese's. Moon Pies and Reese's. Follow these gentlemen right here at the Tatter Recruiter. Find the, uh, the door over there at Super Trucker. Find Rust Belt Kid at Rust Belt Kid. And find Reed Loose a Lot at Lost is Reed. Or just look up Reed Lost Loot. Loose a Lot. Find me at Timothy Dooner. Uh, find the show at FW What the Truck. Happy Halloween. Take care and don't be a stranger.